Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. With all the change and chaos that's going in the world right now, I wanted to bring Kara back on and just take an episode and share what we call eight to great. And by the way, stay tuned to the end and we'll tell you how to get a free tool that we use and a video outlining how to use it that kind of pulls eight to great together. Gives you kind of like a little measuring tool, a little benchmark. So Kara, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Glad to be here. We got so many of you just saying, hey, bring Kara back. So we're bringing Kara back. Here I am. One of the things that Kara has always talked about for a successful marriage is that as long as one of you is always on or engaged, you can push through anything. I've always loved how, how you talk about that and say that. Um, you both won't be strong at the same time. You know, there's different areas, there's different seasons in life. Um, and that's kind of the same thing in the eight areas that we're going to be talking about today. I don't expect, and nobody could, I think, possibly be a 10 in all eight of these areas, but they're just eight areas that we've kind of focused on. And, and the tool is going to show you the areas that you're weak in, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to focus on that area either. Sometimes you might just say, Hey, I'm a three in this area and I'm going to leave it alone because I'm focused on getting um, a certain area from seven to 10. So we're going to talk through a lot of that. Um, also your score will change in different areas throughout different seasons. So don't beat yourself up as we get through this. I mean, you're going to have low areas in certain times, just like what I was saying um, that Kara talks about in marriage. Sometimes one of you is going to be stronger than the other. And also sometimes you just accept that certain areas are going to be a three or four and that's okay. Cause it's not your priority. So let's get into what we call eight to great. Yeah. And I like how you were talking about, like, don't expect to be like a 10 in all areas because I mean, you hear it all the time. Like, how do you find the balance? Like, that's really what it's about is finding the balance, but you're not going to be like equal in all of them. Like you're going to have strong areas. And I love the one thing because they always talk about like focus on one thing because we can get so scattered, but this is just a tool to like rein in we, what we think are the most important things in your life. And I feel like it really encompasses most of the important things in your life. So you can always rein in things because sometimes we get going on a path and then we forget about one area that maybe is important to us, but we've just been neglecting it. So it just kind of reins things back in and it's a good tool to use to revisit. Yeah. And you brought up the one thing, and I want to just point this out before we dive into this. Um, The one thing is such an amazing book and we'll put a link to the book in the show notes. And in fact, the first three people that send me an email to team at investingforfreedom.com and just put one thing in the uh, subject line, I'll send you um, the first three people a free one thing book. But I love that book and it really just kind of changes your thinking. We had Jeff Woods, the the vice president of the one thing, come in and do some training with our team and it was pretty amazing. So uh, thank you for pointing that out. I think it's a great resource. So let's just, why don't you just share what the eight areas of eight to great are? Awesome. Okay. So are we going to go through every one of them first? Let's just share them all and then, and then okay. we'll come back. And- yeah. Okay. So number one is spiritual. Number two is health and fitness. Number three is purpose. Number four is personal wealth. Number five is business and investments or slash investments. And six is environment, seven relationships, and eight is learning. One of the reasons why I really, I mean, obviously she's backed by popular demand because you guys wanted to hear more from her. But one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her on and talk through this, we're in a challenging time right now. We're in a challenging environment and there's never been a more important time, I think, 
to number one, focus on your, your individual health. And I don't just mean physical health. I mean, all the way around mental, physical, financial, all of these areas, but also your relational health, which we'll get into. And I think as whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you have a business partner, any of that, it's so important to just get focused on this stuff and work on you. Yeah, I agree. And I think just encompassing all of these areas, like, like you said, during this time, like there is so much um, pressure on people and we're in a time that nobody's ever experienced before. So it's a great time to actually visit this Mm -hmm. and reevaluate what you want in life. Yeah. And that's such a great point too. They say history repeats itself, but I was recording a podcast earlier and the reality is I don't, I don't know that anybody in the world has ever been here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is a lot of people that are dealing with uncharted territory, um, a lot of new things in life. So it's extremely important that we keep our, our, ourselves pulled together. So, um, let's dive into the spiritual side. It's at the top probably cause it might be one of the most important. Yeah. I think finding like a connection to, I think God is like super important. He's always been major in my life and this can be just a higher power for you too. If you're not like, uh, Bible believing, like I am, you can find a higher power too. And I think it's extremely important to practice a spiritual practice and have something bigger than you to rely on because especially in during times like this, there's a lot we can't control and you need somebody to give that to and who better than God to give your cares to and know that he's directing you in a path. In the, the spiritual front, I was kind of in a funk, I don't know, a week or so ago. I woke up one day and I was just really tired and I just wasn't feeling it. And I spent I went outside, got out in the sun and spent probably 12 minutes meditating. And as soon as I was done with that, like I just had a, like, I I had a new, like creative desire. I was like energized and just felt so great. So it's not just like your core beliefs, right? It's also just getting inside of your subconscious. There's that saying that, you know, we only use 12% of our brain or whatever that number is. And I think tapping into your spiritual being helps you expand that creative zone, your, your subconscious. Yeah, I totally agree. And Speaking of like meditating, I think that that is a practice that everybody should do. We're in such a busy culture of do, 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 go, 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 that we don't ever just be. And it's a perfect place for you to just be, just to be yourself. And that's where you're going to receive any answers that you're needing or if you're lacking in direction for your life or like energy, like you just said, and being in nature. Like I think nature is super spiritual. And I think that that is actually kind of some of these like kind of tie into each other. Mm -hmm. But I think nature, actually is very spiritual and being grounding yourself and being in the sun. Those are super important things. I'm just thinking through this about you're talking about getting grounded and, and getting within yourself and into nature, all of that, the spiritual realm and meditation and all that is where we find um, tapping into that subconscious is where we really find inspiration. And I get asked this so many times, like literally I was communicating with a person on Facebook yesterday and um, they, I was watching this thread and it was talking about, homeschooling. And a bunch of people were like, I'm not sending my kids back to school. And this particular girl had homeschooled for a while. And she said, does anybody need help? And everybody was just like raising their hand, asking her for help. And I reached out to her, I private messaged her. And I said, cause she's been kind of asking us questions and stuff. And I reached out to her and I said, you should start a course around this. Yes. So the reason why I brought that up, a lot of times people are like, well, what should I get started? What business should I go into? What should I invest in? We're asking questions through our our conscious thinking, mm-hmm. which isn't a lot of times where creative wisdom comes from. It's not where our true calling and purpose, we're going to get into purpose and all of that stuff, business. But a lot of times our conscious mind is not where that inspiration comes from. Even these eight to great, I literally got this 
while meditating. I don't know if any of you guys have ever gone to a float tank. If you haven't, it's a great way to get in a quiet place. It's dark. You float. You're in water. Um, you feel like suspended, like you're in space. Yeah. No distractions. Yeah. And so, you know, for those of you that are like, I don't know how to meditate or whatever, there's apps out there. There's calm. There's what, what are some of the apps? I think it's insight timer is a really good one. I'm drawing a blank right now, but there's tons of apps to just like get you started and help you to learn the basics. And then once you get in that zone, you're like hooked because you realize the benefits of being still and letting, letting those downloads come. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll we'll put some links in the show notes. I'll have Kara grab some more of the apps that she's used and we'll put the links down there so you've got some direction. But but anyway, back to the float tank. That's where I came up with eight to grade. I was literally meditating, floating in a tank, and this download just starts coming to me. Like I literally heard eight to great. Like these are the eight things to greatness. And it started coming to me and it started out in a different format than what we've moved it to here. It got downloaded to me in M's so I could remember it because I'm not very good at remembering anything. So it came to me like in the form of M, but then Karen and I kind of revamped it. And so I guess my point is getting into those zones of meditation and that spiritual environment is where you're going to get the inspiration for amazing things. Our conscious mind can come up with a new business plan, but that's just the thinking aspect of it. It's not really supernatural. In fact, our first business, we were literally ready to open, had everything ready to go. The only thing we didn't have was a name. And Kara got a download in a dream, right? Of what the name was going to be. Yeah. I was actually just going to say, like, if you really think about when you're like striving for something or you find yourself like grinding at something, like usually you're trying to like do what other people are doing or you're trying to find something. And Mm -hmm. if you just sit back and wait, like God always like provides something for you and gives you that download. If you're willing to like take that space and Mm -hmm. hold space in your daily life to, to meditate, because I feel like most of the things that we've done that have been really amazing have came from a download like that or something random happened or there's serendipities that happen or yeah. like your things like that. Yeah. Probably the parallel to that, that I think most people have seen just in the natural world is when somebody's looking for love. I've watched that so many times where somebody's like, Oh, I just, I can't find love. I'm looking for it. They're just looking, looking, looking. Yeah. They're searching for it and they're just not waiting. They're just not being, Yeah. just be who you are, do what you do. And that love will come find you. That right person will find you. But I think so many times we go looking for something Like you're saying, and we, and I've done this in the business arena. Like when we sold our business in 2014, I was kind of in a weird spot. I've shared this so many times, but it was the best and worst day of my life because I had kind of, I had wrapped my whole purpose up in that. I didn't realize at that point in time that business wasn't my purpose. It may be part of your purpose, but it isn't your purpose. Yeah. And so when we sold, I was kind of like in this weird funk and place. And so I had an opportunity to buy back a custom kitchen and bath division that we had had. And I was like, should we do this? And Kara was like, well, I don't know, whatever you want to do. I don't think it's a good idea, but if you want to, I don't have strong opinions about it. And I'm like, I'm doing this. It was a big mistake. It was just a big mistake. And it didn't turn out horrible. I mean, you know, we took what was a bad scenario and made it right and made it good and got out of it. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was my conscious mind that was wanting to do that. It was me. It was my desires. I was striving for it. As you said, I wasn't, I wasn't waiting. I wasn't in that waiting place. I wasn't being patient. And there's a, um, we've got a, a friend, Seth Mosley, who, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you can share it. No, go ahead. Um, we were at a conference and he was speaking and he said, he made a comment and he said, um, he was talking about the children of Israel and they wandered literally in the desert for 40 years, right. In this little area that wasn't, it's not really that big of an area, but they were looking, they were searching. They weren't just finding their place in God and just being, but his statement was, we grow weary in the waiting season. We're not very good at just being and waiting for the right timing and, you know, whether, whether you believe in God or it's just the earth or kismet, whatever. Um, we're not very good at waiting. Yeah. And it's, 
that's probably the most powerful thing that we can do is really get in, tap into that like spiritual side of us and wait, even though it seems like you're not doing anything. That's the absolute best place for you to be because that's where the magic happens. Like that's where, that's where you get catapulted into huge things because you've been preparing and waiting and like actively preparing, not chasing. Yeah. So good. Well, we could probably sit all day on number we one, could. but we better uh, move on. yeah, let's move on. So number two, I'll let you take this one. Health and fitness. Okay. I think health and fitness is huge. Um, our bodies, this is like our vessel here. I feel like we're spiritual beings, but this is like what carries us around. So if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So I think that that's a very important thing that we need to focus on because, I mean, you can have all the money in the world, you can have the best relationships, but if your health fail, health fails you, you don't have any of that. So mm-hmm. that's why I think that health and fitness is super important for us to focus on. Yeah. And we started out by, we're going to be stronger in certain areas at different points in our life. And I've always been probably, I've been thinking a lot lately about like what we value. And then also Karen and I were just having this conversation the other day about discipline. So nobody, it, all these areas require discipline. They do. But some of them are going to be easier for us than others. And depending on the person as well. Yeah. And so when we, when you look at the tool that we're going to give you, the wheel of greatness, and you can kind of rank yourself in these different areas, it'll show you where you're weak. And it'll show you where you're strong. But again, it's not something to get you frustrated. It's just to show you, I would argue that probably 95% of the time when you see your eights or nines or tens, that's probably something that you don't have to work that hard on. Unless it's something that you've been really focused on in, like in your case, I mean, it's not, Kara's very disciplined when it comes to health and fitness, but it's not like it just comes easy to you, right? I think sometimes people think, oh, well, this is easy for her. No, I mean, half the time I don't want to go work out or I don't want to eat good food, but you know, you just have to. I know that I always feel good afterwards and actually I'm doing a challenge group right now and we're focusing a lot on what we're eating and, um, and how we're moving our bodies. But the one thing that we've been talking about is we do this because we love ourselves. Like if you look at it in that point of view, like it's not, you don't eat a certain way because you hate your body or you hate yourself. And I think that that's where our culture has really gotten it wrong is it comes from like a hateful place of like wanting to change something that you hate about yourself. So I think like if we can shift our perspective of what food, like start paying attention to how your body feels when you eat certain foods, like imagine what it feels like. And then when you eat something good, see how that feels like just really tuning into our bodies is huge as well. I was listening to a podcast the other day and I can't remember who it was on there. Very well-known person. And he was talking about how he'd struggled with weight for a long time. And just by shifting, he stopped saying, I'm going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. because he was, do, do, do you know this podcast? No. Okay. He was, he came from lack. And so he had a mindset in his mind about losing things. Like he, that was some deep grain belief ingrained beliefs in him. And so he had to, once he stopped saying, I'm going to lose this weight, it changed the way that he thought about it. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but he started saying, I'm going to gain muscle. I'm going to gain more energy by eating properly. I love um, that. So yeah. I was just shifting the mentality around. Yeah. I love that because food is so powerful and not only does it affect your energy, like in your physical body, but it affects your energy, like around you. Like I can tell if I've ate food that is not the best for me by my mood that I'm in. And sometimes it'll last like four days. It just lingers on. So, I mean, I think my biggest piece of advice for that is just really pay attention to the foods. And I like how you're saying like not taking the focus off of like not losing weight, but like, what can you add to your body? And we always hear the saying, like you wouldn't take a really nice car and put crappy fuel in it. But yeah, in our bodies, we do that all the time. And it's a huge industry. Like 
health and fitness is like a huge money-making industry because everybody wants a quick fix. Yeah. So that's also a thing that we need to recognize is that people are making money off of this. So really you just got to get in there and start doing what works for you. When you were talking about the car and fuel, um, it just triggered something in my mind in a positive way. I'm a pilot and we used to fly around in our plane. I'm the thing that I struggle with a little bit is health. So I can, I can relate. One of the things that's easier for me is focusing on business and wealth and that stuff, but I don't really, I don't have a sense of urgency. This is what I've been really thinking about. I don't have a sense of urgency when it comes to health. That's my mindset that I'm working through. And that's, what's so important about the wheel. It shows you where you're not focusing. But when you talked about the car and the fuel, like I wouldn't worry too much about putting crappy fuel in my car. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't or should, but, but when I think about flying, that creates a sense of urgency for me. Like you definitely don't want to put crappy fuel or the wrong type of fuel in your airplane because it's life or death. And is what we eat today, is it life and death? No, not necessarily, but I've had to really try to shift my way of thinking around health and wellness to longevity. Mm-hmm. because we work and we spend all this time with family and everything we've done, even at investing for freedom is for the long run. And I say this all the time. I don't want to be 65 years old, 75 years old, and still having to work 10 or 15 or 20 hours a day. But I also don't want to be 65, 75, 85 years old and not be able to enjoy my life and not be able to move. And not be able to come with me on trips. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> little side note, we were in Italy <laughs> on a cruise and there was this little 101 year old lady, I think. And her husband had died like 35 years before that. And this was like her 75th cruise or something. And um, Carol was like, that's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you were going to die, but no, I know. Yeah. Let's talk about what else is there with health and fitness? Like it's not just about what we put in our body, but like maybe even seeking medical, like being proactive about it, not just going to the doctor when you're sick, but actually finding out like what, what's going on in your blood, what's going on with your hormones so that you can take the proper vitamins and find out like what, is lacking in your diet as well. That's such a good point because I think a lot of, you know, our medical system is designed and Robert Kiyosaki talks about this all the time. It's not healthcare. No, it's wealth care and it's sick care. Really. We, we wait until there's major issues. You know, you've got heart disease or you've got to have, you got diabetes or something like that. And that's why healthcare is so expensive. Yep. But the reality is, and this is a mindset shift and I know it's hard, but Kara brought this up. We've been seeing naturopaths for a few years now. And it's been very helpful and it's not cheap. And a lot of times insurance won't pay for it. But if you just went and got a blood panel at minimum, probably once a year, but ideally probably quarterly, get your blood test done and just do a checkup. That tells you a lot. Just back to your point, And this is where I want to kind of narrow this down. Even supplements. So you listen to, by the way, I'm a huge fan of Dave Asprey and Bulletproof, but I remember listening to that like two years ago, two and a half years ago. And I went and just started listening and buying all the supplements that he recommends. And the reality is you don't need all those supplements. Yeah. And was it even good for your particular body? Like we're all so different. So that's why it's important to get our own blood work done and not just take whatever, whoever you're following their vitamins. Yeah. And on the hormone front too, like Kara said, I mean, a lot of people, I know people that are overweight and they don't even eat very much and they exercise. So there's probably some kind of hormonal issue or something, Mm -hmm. some underlying issue going on there. So I don't want to just like wax over that because I think it's extremely important what you just brought up the spend the money to get the tests done. Yeah. I think it's a great investment and a huge part of health. And then also movement. Like we live in a culture today where we are not moving as much too. So back in the day they labored, like their bodies Mm -hmm. labored. And now we, most of us sit in desks. So it's really important that we're moving our bodies, not just working out, but like doing things that are actually good for our bodies. Like walking, walking is such a benefit for our bodies as well. You, you're doing a habit course right now. 
Yeah, just a free challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. And I watched you a while back um, do a thing with, I think it was with Amy Layden, just doing your commitments. Yeah. And this is one thing I've really learned from you too. Like I, I don't do anything for a while and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go 110%. That's probably pretty important to just set. Like you said, you know, a lot of times we're sitting and all that and people wake up one day, you know, three years, they haven't exercised and they're like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. Like, yeah. That doesn't really work. No, it doesn't. And on top of that, like there's people that probably work their bodies out too much. They're addicted to working out and it's not good for their bodies. So like, back to like listening to our bodies, like you have to listen to your body. Even I was for a while just hammering my body, work, working out way too much and not doing enough like recovery. And you have to pay attention to that too. So more exercise is not always better, but like moving your body is, is huge. I think this is really important. You know, we've got eight areas to get through, but I, I think this is really important. Um, so I, I don't want to rush past it too much. So there's, I think there's a lot of people that really want to work on this area. Yeah. But when we talk about discipline and commitment, I think some of this is knowledge. It is knowledge. And then I think too, with health and fitness, accountability is huge. Um, finding a workout partner or somebody that you're going to hold accountable or even just telling the world what you're doing is, um, depending on your personality, if you tell the world you're going to do this, then you usually do. That's a good one. Yeah. There's a lot of fad diets out there, you know, book diets. Back in the day, we did a bunch of different things. There's different ways of eating, et cetera. Just count your calories, whatever. The problem with calories is like you could get 1700 calories and by just eating blizzards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In one serving. Yeah. <laughs> so I've just, so for people, there's a thing called like counting your macros, like if it fits your macros, that's probably like a fair place for most people to just kind of look at maybe. Yeah, definitely. I can give some resources that would be a good starting place. Yeah. Um, we'll drop those in the, in, the, in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Cause I think obviously everything comes down to discipline, but as we've been doing this, whether it's investing, whether it's business back to that girl, you know, she's, she's been asking me for a while, like, how, how do I get started? I, the Bible actually says this, my people perish for a lack of, and one thing I watched with you, you went out, you became a personal trainer. You went on this like health journey. You, you researched this, you went all in on this for a lot of years. Not, not everybody's going to be willing to put in that level of knowledge and research. So the thing that I want to point out is just like people are always asking us, how do I get started in business? How do I get started in real estate? There are people out there and sometimes not for a lot of money. There's programs out there that you could literally get started. You get an app and then there's like a program that's like $9 and 99 cents a month. That'll set your macros for you. I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. But there are short. Definitely. It's not get skinny quick, but no shortcuts. Yeah. Cool. Purpose. Purpose. So this is probably one of the things we're probably going to spend our entire life just digging into this and searching through it. Purpose for us is your mission. I think it comes from your values. I say this all the time at investing for freedom, but what do you really want? Why do you want it? Then we get into the logistics. What are you going to do to get it? Measure results. But what do you really want and why do you want it? What drives you every day? Um, And there's some exercises I think that can really help you hone in your purpose. But like one of them being find the five people that know you the closest and just send them an email or a letter and just say, hey, what are my top 10 strengths? Like you can really start narrowing this down by asking certain questions. But purpose is probably one of those things that we're going to spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out. Yeah, it's a life journey for sure. What what do you have to say about that? (laughs) Purpose is definitely one that we're going to have to, you're going to have to keep digging into your purpose. And I think a lot of times we're, we have to like go back to remember, remember who you are because sometimes we're trying to look to other places instead of going to that inward of 
you have a purpose and you know deep down inside what it is, but most of the time we're scared to step out into that purpose. More scared because we're not ready or, but sometimes you just have to start taking those steps in, into the direction that you, you know. And I think most people have an idea of what their purpose is, but I think a lot of people are scared of it and they're scared of almost like scared of success, if that makes sense, yeah. or are scared of being seen. And I think when you start stepping out into your purpose, um, it can be scary. Yeah. Well, and there's so many insecurities that we deal with too, right? Because a lot of times our purpose is probably bigger than, not a lot of times, always our purpose is bigger than what we're currently doing. Yes. And no matter how far you are into your purpose, there's more for you to do. And so I think a lot of it is insecurity. We have these ideas, and you said this earlier, uh, most people have a glimpse or an idea of what their true purpose is. I think they're just, us as people in general, we're scared to start stepping out into it. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know, you know, we don't even know how to get started half the time. And there's, I think there's some questions that just to kind of throw this out there. I mean, you could start just asking yourself, just sit down with a pen and paper and ask yourself the question, like, when am I most happy? What am I doing when I'm most happy? Who am I with? Who am I helping? These kind of questions, right? I think when it really comes down to it, I think we think purpose is like this big business plan, 25 year thing that we're going to do. We're going to build some kind of big Tony Robbins organization. I think purpose a lot of times is really just around helping people. Yeah. Well, and showing up as your fullest and best self every day for the people around you. Something that you always say is we don't know who we are because we're us. And I think a lot of times we're not looking at ourselves um, the way that the other, other people see us. So if we can start, like you said in the beginning, ask, ask your close, closest five friends what they think your strengths are because you'll be surprised at some of the things that they tell you. And then, and then you'll start recognizing them in yourself and you're like, they're right. I do have this. Yeah. So I think that that's a really good starting ground for that. I don't, I don't mean to digress here, but that's also why going back to spiritual and meditation yes. and, and health and all that, having yourself in those first two are just so important. So you stated the comment that I always make. We don't know how great we are because we're us. We live in our, we live in our web of lies and craziness and chaos every single day. The people that are around us that think we're amazing, they've caught that glimpse of, of our purpose, of, of our supernatural self. When we live in that conscious place, where we're just thinking and looking at all of our failures and you know all the things that we're not accomplishing that we want to be accomplished. That's all conscious. But when somebody pulls on you and they tap into that subconscious power that you have, what is your superpower? That's another thing to just kind of pencil and ask other people too. Like if you just, what is my superpower? One of the things that I'm really great at is making complex things simple. I talk about that with my team all the time. We were on a call yesterday and just something that was very simple in my mind was like going on for like 25 minutes. And I'm like, what's the real core issue here? And just bringing it down to simple. So I think just start journaling and just start writing down those questions, even if you're not a journal or just write the question. Like if, it, when am I most happy? What could I do? But again, bringing it back to that spiritual, I think it's so important that we get back into that because that's when that supernatural yeah. being and purpose is going to come out. Well, and I think journaling is really a big part of, spir- of the spiritual aspect too. So it can just play back into, like I was saying earlier, all these are pretty entwined with yeah. each other, but um, yeah, personal wealth. Personal wealth. So I want to kind of fast forward for a second. We've got personal wealth separated from business and investments. And I think purpose and or per, personal wealth kind of ties back into purpose and legacy and what you're really here for. What are you really doing? Because business and investments are like number three to me on the freedom formula. So what do you really want? Why do you want it? That kind of intertwines into your purpose. But what are you going to do to get it? That's kind of like the personal wealth and then getting over into business and investments. So we separated personal wealth. I think that um, personal wealth for us, just to kind of throw this out there, 
Um, I heard Robert Kiyosaki say years ago that he measures wealth in the amount of days that you could take off. I love that. Yeah. So it's not like I'm worth a hundred thousand. I'm worth a million. I'm worth 500 million. I'm not in any way saying that you shouldn't keep track of your personal wealth and your balance sheet. And by the way, we've got a, what we call the freedom worksheet that we're working on. That's going to kind of help you guys with all this too, that you'll be able to get here shortly. Um, but the personal wealth side of this is like why we do what we do. And it's so important that you keep track of that because just like Kiyosaki said, he measures wealth in the amount of days that he can take off. That's what really matters to us. Yes. I could have the most successful business in the world. It's like what the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul? I've thought about that for so many years in the context of business. What does it profit me to gain the whole world and have the biggest business in the world, but lose my family or lose my life or not have enjoyed my life? So personal wealth to me is probably, probably one of the most important areas around money. Yeah, I agree. And also money is, money is a topic that people don't really want to talk about and they don't want to look at their personal wealth. So I think this freedom worksheet is going to be really powerful for people. And if you can just look at it, like even health and fitness, like you need money, Mm. you need money to stay healthy. If if you want like the best health, health care and preventative health care, like you're going to need money. So Mm -hmm. that's why it it intertwines with everything else as well. And it's what's going to provide for your why. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And just going back to, you said that a lot of times people don't want to look at their personal wealth because it's not always a pretty picture. But the thing that I've realized, and I would attribute a lot of our success in business and investing to this, if you're not completely honest with your mentor or a coach that you hire, they can't help you. And so I learned early on, if I'm going to spend all this money with coaches and mentors, and I'm not going to be honest with them, I'm only robbing myself. And so when it comes to personal wealth, I think a lot of the reason why people don't balance their checkbook or you know, want to look at their bank account or take it a step further, really look at their financial statement is because they know it's ugly. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't, we don't want to deal with the negativity, but just like with a coach, if you don't be honest with yourself and just confront it, just by looking at the negative for a minute, it's going to help you start moving to a, a better future, more successful future. And then again, for measuring results, if you don't know where you're at today, how do you know that you've made headway? Yeah. Or how do you know where you're, where you're going? Like yeah. you can't even like really have a plan if you don't ha- know where you're at today. And then also with that, with your personal finances, with your personal finances, like we have to be the master of, of our finances. A lot of people are ruled by their money instead of us ruling our money. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when we really look at our personal wealth and we really look at our budget, it's not a budget of like, I can't do this. It's what am I choosing to spend my money on? And what, what am I spending my money on that really isn't bringing me anything too? Because I think a lot of times we're chasing what everybody else is chasing and really, that's not even bringing us true happiness. So really taking a look at your personal finances shows a lot about how you're doing life. Yeah. And it is such a, you said this at the beginning, like a lot of people don't want to talk about money. It's become such a negative thing, but I've realized that some of the people that I know that have the most money, like you wouldn't even know they have a lot of money. And they're probably some of the most generous people I've ever met. And there's this idea out there that, you know, wealthy people are greedy, that they had to lie, cheat and steal to get there. Um, people that don't have money are, we're so focused on money. A lot of times people that don't have it, it's such a poverty mentality that that's where the greed comes in. And so really focusing on this, we've got to break this, I guess, just resistance to looking at the personal wealth. And so if you're not in a place where you want to be, that's probably the first thing you should do is just get the freedom worksheet and really fit, uh, fill it out and just take a look at where you're at. Yeah. And don't let shame come on you too, because that's another thing that can happen is you can have that shame on you of, 
you should be here, but mm. you're not, but you're not. So there's no reason to dwell there. Like look at what it is and see what, you know, make an action plan. That's the only way you're going to be able to see where you're missing it and where you need to go by actually looking at it. It's such a camp here forever too, but I've heard so many people say that they feel like it's too late. I'm too old. It's never, it's never too late. Never. So many successful people that we know didn't, didn't get successful till they were 40, 50, 60. And here's the other side of this. And I'll just kind of leave it at this. You don't know what you don't know. And so if this is the first time you're hearing this, or you've heard it several times and just didn't do anything about it, I love that you bring up the don't shame yourself component because we're not ready at certain periods of time, or we're not ready to make that commitment, be disciplined, whether it's health, wealth, fitness, spiritual, whatever it is. um, Sometimes we have to hear, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so you got to hear this stuff. It's seasons and times. Maybe you just weren't ready. So don't, I agree with Karen, like don't shame yourself, but also don't drag your heels. Like you're hearing this. If you're feeling like you need to make some changes, get off the couch or as Barry would say, get off your can, do what you can, can the rest. Mm -hmm. So business and investments. I mean, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this right now. This is probably a big core part of our message usually anyway, but I heard this said years ago that most people that are wealthy made their money in business and they held it in real estate and investments. Now that doesn't mean you can't get wealthy off of real estate to begin with or investments to begin with, but most people don't go straight to real estate and investments. Um, So this is an area where, um, you know, we talk about this a lot, but I put a post up a while back that your boss will never pay you enough to be his neighbor. Um, If that grinds on you and you don't like that, then do something about it. And now is probably the best time ever to buy or start a business. And I know a lot of people would challenge that thinking, but we're surrounded by a lot of people that are doing better during COVID than even before. And I know it's a frustrating time, um, but there's a lot of, lot of potential right now to buy business and make good investments. Yeah. Or, or start something that maybe like that girl you were talking about, like we all have those gifts inside of us that people are asking for all the time. And sometimes we don't recognize that that could actually be an income source for us. So I think we are looking at like big business and it's overwhelming rather than just like maybe offering a a class for Mm -hmm. somebody to take or a course or whatever it is. And, and then with investments, like maybe not everybody's going to be a business owner, right? Like not everybody is an entrepreneur, but everyone should make investments. Yep. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing that we've realized, like we're pretty good at running businesses. We're pretty good at making real estate investments. So we've opened that up. That's one of the reasons why we open it up to investors is because not everybody, I've got some really great friends that come through GoBundance and other organizations that we're involved in that are successful doctors, business owners. Some of them even, there's a lot of people that have real estate investments and they invest with us because they're looking to diversify and they want to get into a different asset class. And they're really good at managing single family, but they want to get into the mobile home park space or, you know, even on the business front, I was talking to a guy the other day, we're getting ready to launch a new fund and start buying service businesses in the HVAC arena. And I was talking to a guy the other day, that's a very successful online marketing guy, Facebook ads. And he's like, I would love to invest in that. He wants to put some money into brick and mortar type business. So to Kara's point, you don't have to be a business owner to be an investor. Yeah. In fact, I think everyone, I think everyone should be an investor. Not everyone should be a business owner, but everybody should be an investor because I believe you should be taking 10% of your money and putting it to something that's going to keep bringing you those returns. Even if you make $10 an hour, like a dollar of that should go to something. And even if it sits in an account for a little bit till you can get enough to make it. So we're in a period of time right now, actually, when we're talking about, you know, doing online courses and this kind of ties back into purpose, but I just saw yesterday that Harvard. So we're in July of 2020 and with the COVID thing and everything else, I just saw that Harvard 
is going to continue charging the same price, $59,000, I think is the number for tuition for people to go online. Same price. We're at a period of time, you know, when we have the, the thing we've talked about for a long time, it's this idea, it's this mindset that we've got in America and the world in general, where you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get a job, you work for that employer for the next 60, 70 years, whatever that number is. And I'm not saying that's bad if that's what you want to do, but bringing it back to like what Kara's saying with investing and purpose and all of that. When you look at what's happening right now, and we've been talking about this, not so much on the podcast, but we've been talking about this for 10 years, like the education system has to change. The way we train people has to change. The idea of spending coming out of school $40,000, $50,000, $100,000 in debt and making less money than somebody potentially that didn't go to school, that all has to change. And it's changing quickly right now. So when we talk about purpose and bringing it back to something that Kara said that I want to make sure we don't just kind of wax over, YouTube University, just courses. I've made more money in my life that had nothing to do with college from coaches, courses, researching on YouTube, learning from peers. I've made more money from that type of education than I've ever made from college. I didn't go to college, but so right now when it comes back to purpose, that's the place to probably start. You've probably got a gift that you can use that people need and it's going to shift to that. I mean, it already has. So many people are learning how to do anything on YouTube and you can make money creating a course on YouTube on whatever you're good at. Yep. So that's, that's the potential right there for business that I think we've got to I don't think there's ever been a better time to share your knowledge and gift and experience. And it doesn't cost anything hardly to get up and going. In fact, our, our video and content guy is launching a course on how to get your podcast and all that up and going. So um, stay tuned. Environment. Oh, I love this one so much. Your environment is what you, who you surround yourself with. I mean, this is kind of encompasses a lot. Who you surround yourself with, where you live, like what city you live in, what house you live in where you spend your time at. It is so important. Uh, I've, I didn't, I read a book by um, Benjamin Hardy called Willpower Doesn't Work a while back. And I didn't realize how important environment is to me. I never, I never really thought it was that important. You've always really, you've always known, I think, um, environment and, you know, clean house and just the way that we, yeah, your space. Right. But I didn't, I never, I don't think I ever really paid attention, but since I read that book and I just look around at my office and um, different areas that I want to work in. Um, our environment's so important. Well, and that's where you draw your inspiration from. So if where you're working is cluttered and feels chaotic, you're not going to feel very inspired. If you think about times that you've been inspired, I guarantee that it's in a space that you're just, you look around and it's, and it's amazing. Like you don't have to have a big house, but anybody can make their home like a, a nice space and keep it clean. I'm not saying you have to have a spotless house either, but just pay attention to that and notice how it affects um, your energy as well. Or like if you feel inspired and then also like even trips and stuff, like there's been times like we actually once a year when we do our goals, we go somewhere else. Why do we do that? To get into a different environment and in a place that is inspiring to us, that makes us dream bigger, makes us think bigger because when we're stuck in our everyday lives, um, we're looking around, we just get used to it and it doesn't look, it doesn't inspire us as much. But if you get yourself out into other spaces, like it can inspire you and make you think a little bigger. Yep. I remember we used to go to Salt Lake a lot and we'd stay at Grand America. I mean, there's def- different places we would stay, but it doesn't have to be super expensive hotel either. I mean, you can find a coffee shop that inspires you. Yes. You can, you know, if there's a place that you need to go, your house isn't quiet because you live with three roommates or you've got young kids or whatever. You could literally go to a coffee shop and put headphones on and 
you know, do an hour of work in that place. So I think environment's so important. Yeah. And I love that we can control our environment. Even in willpower doesn't work. Like he, he shows you how to like set up systems in your house and stuff too. Like even in your pantry, if there's foods going back to health mm-hmm. that you don't really want to have full access, like put them at a different shelf. Like yeah. there's so many things you can do that you can control with your environment that affect every aspect of your life. And then also let's talk about environment with the people that we hang out with or the rooms you put yourself in. That's so important. Jim Rohn's quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And um, that's important, whether it's from a business perspective, the people you hang out with on the weekend, whatever attitude they have, you're going to fall into that same attitude. We can see it with our kids, right? You can really tell when kids are hanging out with different types of kids, like their, their attitude changes. And it's the same with us. We just don't see it. Yeah. I love when parents are like, they tell their kids that like, you shouldn't be hanging out with them because you're going to start acting like them. But yet when we become adults, we think that that just goes away, but it's still true today. If most of your friends are spending their time doing things that are useless, you're probably going to do that too. Spending all their time drinking and partying, you're probably going to do that too. If your friends are overweight, you're probably going to be overweight. Like your friends and the people that you surround yourself with, your mentors and your coaches that you surround yourself with, you're going to be whatever you surround yourself with. So choose wisely. Totally. You know, and we're not saying that if you've got a friend that you've had since college or whatever, and you get together once a year, that's fine. But environment, you know, these people that you're with on a regular, consistent, it could be a business partner. It could be, it could be a toxic marriage. Yeah. That's people grow apart. People grow different directions. I mean, just imagine if, I don't know, you went super healthy and I'm an alcoholic. You quit drinking completely or you need to quit drinking completely and I'm an alcoholic. That's not going to work for that long. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Although 30 days we could get through this, right? Cause she's not drinking for 30 days yeah. and I didn't come. So we're kind of already talking about this, but the seventh part of this is relationships and we kind of from environment into relationships and who we surround ourselves with. But um, relationships are probably you know, as people, obviously we wouldn't have anything if we didn't have relationships. So whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's family, any of that, it's probably the most important one of them. I mean, they're all important, but it's probably one of the most important areas to make sure that we're cultivating that. And it does take work. It does take work. And I think we sometimes put our, you know, relationships um, on the back burner and, you know, we're focusing on building our wealth or we're focusing on different aspects of our life. And then we kind of forget about the relationships. So I think that that coming back to the relationships and re-examining it and making slots in your calendar for those relationships. Sometimes it's not, it seems like it's silly to put like in your calendar, call mom on Sunday, but if you don't put it in there, it might not happen for like four weeks. So if it's in your calendar, I like doing that because then I know that I'm going to talk to my mom at least once a week. Yeah. That kind of goes back to the one thing that we were talking about earlier. I mean, if you truly want to cultivate a relationship, in the business world, we know this because we have CRMs because we know we can't keep track of a thousand or 2000 or 5,000 clients. So we have to create a process and a timeline and, Hey, I want to follow up with this person every three months. But when it comes to our personal relationships, we don't really look at it that way. We're just like, Oh, well, I won't forget them. But the reality is we get busy in life and everything. So tying back to purpose too, I would argue that none of our purposes exist without relationships. Agreed. Like, if people, if you didn't have relationships, then what would your purpose be to, I don't know, live on a mountain? Like what? Yeah. You couldn't have a business either. Totally. <laughs> Cultivating relationships. I'm part of um, Go Abundance, And one of the things in that um, authentic relationships is one of the pillars. And then genuine contribution is another. And when I think about purpose, just that genuine contribution pillar 
you can't really truly have genuine contribution to anyone or anything without relationships. So important. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Learning. So number eight is learning. This just comes back to education and we talk about this a lot. I think that if there's one thing that I can go backwards and benchmark any of my success to, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in business, whether it's investing, it all comes back to learning. Just even real estate. I tell this story a lot, but we were at Barnes and Noble and I I found the Real Estate Investors College from Dolph DeRoos on the sale table. Listening to that 16 series CD or 16 CD series, I probably listened to that thing 15, 20 times. Yep. People are like, oh, you know, they think you're an overnight success. Well, that's been 20 years of learning and education. Every business we've been successful in, we've hired a coach. Um, yeah, let's talk about different ways we can learn. Like, so that you can read books, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't cost very much money to get a book. YouTube, you talked mm-hmm. about YouTube earlier. Yep. That's free. Yep. There are so many resources that are just completely free. So there's no excuse that you can't learn something right now in this day and age. Like you used to have to go to college to learn a lot of things, but now you can literally go on YouTube and find out anything. We have every resource available to us with the internet, podcasts. What else? Uh, You know, there's a lot of things that people overlook, but I'm sure whether you're a business owner or you work for a business owner, they're probably a member of a local association or organization, a chamber of commerce. I sat on the board of a chamber of commerce for probably eight years, and we put a lot of time and energy into bringing in people to speak to our business owners and free lunch and learns. Like people would sponsor lunches. Like you could literally go to your boss and ask them, Hey, are we a member of the chamber of commerce? And then just ask the chamber what courses they have coming up. Who's speaking? When? What can I go to? There's so many ways to learn. People just don't get creative. They don't want to put in the work and the time. Yeah. And some people might just not even know that that's available like the Chamber of Commerce thing, that might just be something that people don't know. So I think getting on the internet and like Googling, like Google's, you can Google anything and find a lot of resources. Another thing that we have utilized that I think has really helped us in our growth is masterminds Mm -hmm. and coaches. I, and you don't have to spend a, 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 a ton of money. I mean, just start where you're at. There's different levels of coaching. And so there's entry level coaching that, you know, you could get for probably, $100 a month, maybe even less. And then it progresses, right? Um, Some of the masterminds that we've been involved in are way more than that. Um, There's been years literally where we spent a hundred grand on coaches. It's all relative. It's like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to get, how do you want to get to the next level? And you hire that level of coach. I don't know who, um, I think it was, we were at a conference of Kyle Wilson's. Do you remember who was speaking, the main speaker? Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy. He talks about like, always investing 10% of your income Mm. back into your learning and to your personal growth. And that has stuck with me. Like, I feel like we had always kind of put back into our personal growth. But when I heard that, I was like, um, yeah, that makes total sense. Why would you not continue to grow and continue to invest in yourself? Even in my group that I'm doing right now, there's three areas that you were working on with money, but that's one of them is take 10% of your money and work on yourself. Do something that's going to better you take a course, join a mastermind, do, um, you can even get like advances in your career, like take a class on whatever your career is. Yeah. Well, and that kind of comes, I, this is, we're, we're kind of, I think this is important. It's not only investing in your learning. So we put aside 10% for learning. There's a couple of other areas that I think are important too. So like where should people buckets? Well, there's lots of buckets, but I like in my challenge right now, the three buckets are you can do 10% to giving to yourself, 10% for an investment that's going to bring you cash flow, or 10% to giving. And I like that. 
I think if you just, and I know what people are going to say, well, I'm not even making ends meet right now. I couldn't do this. But if you set aside 10% every month for charity and 10% for learning and education and 10% for investment, your life would be completely different in 12 months. It would. And most people are going to say, and I'm going to circle back to, you know, just focus and intention. And, you know, we talked about this earlier with money. It's your money story. It's how you talk about it. I talk about the reticular activator a lot. And like Dan Sullivan always says, the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. So when you hear me make that statement, 10% to charity, 10% to learning and 10% to business and investment, I can't do that. I'm not making enough money to do that right now. Well, you'll never make enough money to do that if you don't change the way of thinking. Yes. And so if we're focused on the fact that we don't have the money and we can't set aside 30% of our income, and maybe you, maybe you don't want to even start there. Maybe you start with a charity. Maybe you start with the learning aspect. I'm not here to debate which one you should start with, but if you want to change your situation, you've got to start learning. You've got to change your way of thinking. So if nothing else, start investing 10% in your learning and your own education, and you'll start making more money, which you can give to charity, and you could invest in investments in business. So at minimum, change your way of thinking, change your mindset, and start. Change your, change your way of thinking. That's the most important part, because if you're automatically saying, I can't invest 10% in myself, you will never be successful. Yep. You have to pay yourself first. We pay everybody else. You pay your electric bill. You pay your uh, groceries. You, go, you pay for clothes. You pay for food. Like you pay for all these things, but what do you pay for yourself? And I know that those things like provide for you, but what are you giving back to yourself that can come back to you? Back to giving really quick. I think that giving 10% is a powerful way to change your mindset around money because when you see at the end of the month that you have Say you made $300 and you have $30 and you can go and bless somebody or you have $300 and you can go and bless somebody with that. It shows you that the more money you have, the more you can do. So it takes away that negative aspect of how money can sometimes be portrayed as evil or greedy. It shows you that the more money you make, the more, more of a contribution you can make. Such a good point. I've always looked at money as, you know, money is an energy, right? You've talked about this, but I've always looked at money like I kind of equate it. It's an analogy in my mind it's a pond. You look at a mountain, like a mountain lake, and it's always crystal clear and fresh. You could almost drink it, but it's because it has a lot of fresh water coming in and a lot of fresh water going out. But you look at these muddy, mucky little ponds, like cow ponds, animal drinking ponds in the middle of nowhere, little watering holes, and they're just nasty because they've got no water going out. It's stagnant. And it's the same with money and anything in life, really. But you have to make room for more to come in. And if you're not, if you're just holding on to all that money and you've got that mindset, like you're talking about, it's, you're going to stay in the same place. Yeah. So if you're going to start anywhere, they should probably start investing in themselves, right? Learning. I would agree. What we're talking about right now. Yep. I would completely agree. Well, um, that's our eight to great. So those are the eight areas that we focus on. Obviously we could talk about these for hours and hours and hours. Um, we do have a free tool that we'll give you guys. I'll, uh, if you go to www.wheelofgreatness.com, we'll send you a free tool that we use to just kind of measure where we're at in every area. And you'll get a quick little video on how we use it. Um, but in the meantime, anything else you want to say about 8 Degree? No, this, but this is the tool that we use to set all of our goals for the year. So it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. Well, hopefully you enjoyed it and use these eight areas to become great. Yeah, great. You've been listening to the Investing for Freedom podcast with Mike Ayala. For show notes and links mentioned in this episode, go to investingforfreedom.co.